0: Welcome back to Superhero Cinema, the weekly show about superheroes on TV, in the movies, and in comic books. I'm Michael. I'm Jefferson. And I'm Jonathan. And this is issue number 11 for the second week in June 2007. Uh, we've been away for a couple of weeks. It's been three weeks, uh, so there's a lot of stories to catch up on. Let's get right to it. Uh, first up with some uh, corrections. Uh one thing we talked about last show was uh, Batman Begins and Jefferson uh, was trying to remember the character, the mob boss that was in that film, uh, just to make sure it wasn't Boss Maroney who's going to be in this film. And uh, that character was Carmine Falcone, played by Tom Wilkinson,
1: uh, who was a character in uh, Batman The Long Halloween, which they're drawing a lot of material from. for uh, for They drew quite a bit for, for the first film, for Batman Begins, and it sounds like they're drawing some more from from that same graphic novel for the new film. I believe Maroni, who Eric Roberts is playing in, in The Dark Knight, was also a character in, in uh, Long Halloween, if I remember correctly. Interesting.
0: Try to use all the uh, mobsters up
1: there. Yeah, yeah, they seem to be pulling a lot from that particular uh, graphic novel, too, which is kind of interesting. That well, was a good one. I mean, it was really intense. Yeah, it was very. a little hero's connection to it. The, uh, the artist on it was Tim Sale, who did all of... Uh, Isaac's paintings for for the for heroes he did all the the artwork that's represented as Isaac's paintings in there so also
0: something else we talked about in the last show was uh, what Frank Miller and Robert Rodriguez will be doing. Uh, we talked about that Robert Rodriguez was going to be working on Barbarella, and we were wondering if he was doing that after Sin City 2, uh, or if Sin City 2 had started and was already finished. Well, it actually hasn't happened. Uh, there's been some kind of problem at the studio level that's that's been delaying the film. Uh, Frank Miller was interviewed and was talking about it, but he basically said he, he didn't know what was happening, why it was delayed at the studio level, but they... Still, fully intend to do the film. I mean, it's all ready to go. They've written the script. They, you know, had the casting in place. It just hasn't happened, and so for the time being, they're moving on. Uh, Frank Miller is uh, continuing on with his work to direct the Spirit film, and Robert Rodriguez is moving on to work on Barbarella. And uh, so, that uh, brings us back to the here and now, and uh, this week, uh, Friday the 15th, will be the opening, finally, of uh, Fantastic Four, The Rise of the Silver Surfer, a film that's been hyped for a long time, uh, and uh, <laughs> Jonathan has something to say about that.
2: It has been hyped for a long time, holy cow, and, you know, they've just been hyping it like crazy, I mean... You know, I know that movies have to have hype. They have to have, you know, publicity to so everybody, not just us, of course, knows that this movie is coming out. And it just blows my mind the amount of publicity that Fantastic Four: Rise of Silver Surfer has been getting.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's all, got a all huge the actors have been going
2: around.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Like, like I thought was actually a cool one was when they went out to uh, there was a car race, and I don't remember which one it was, the but Indianapolis uh, 500. Yes, the Indianapolis Five Hundred. There, yes, Indy Five Hundred, and then they during their opening ceremonies, they had all these skydivers, you know, falling and they, they were all holding hands in the shape of a, uh, a flaming four. And then they had a skydiver all dressed in silver, hence the silver surfer. And he came and he went straight through the middle of it. So, you know, and then they, they hung around and they were talking, answering questions. And that, that's just one of many things. There were some silver surfer, um, quarters, which had a bit of a controversy with the the US government like is this defacing legal tender or what you know because they they put that silver surfer image on one side of the the us quarter and even though it was the uh, the Franklin mint who was who was in charge of this, you know the US government is still like hey we're cracking down we can't let you do this it's defacing you know government property basically so and, of course, they've been on Comedy Central. They took over for a day. There's a banner on the uh, NBC's Heroes website. There is an ad, an ad featuring all four of them in the uh, the Milk style, you know, Got Milk, that I saw in Rolling Stone. And it's just – They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Everywhere I turn, I see I see these four faces, and I see, you know, them plugging this movie, so – I don't know. Maybe maybe if I saw more Silver Surfer ads that I thought were really cool, I wouldn't be uh, overwhelmed, but that's all right. It's
0: pretty much all guaranteed that opening weekend. It's all about just making sure that that they get sufficient numbers on that opening weekend to
2: justify it all. I think the public knows about it by now. If if you don't, I don't know what rock you've been living under.
1: Yeah, I have to admit I have not seen it, it doesn't seem like it, there's been that much. Um I mean I didn't I haven't seen a lot of the stuff that you've just been talking about it. Yeah. So far it's just seemed to me like an average amount of publicity for a big summer movie, which is yes, of course, a ridiculous amount, but maybe I'm just numb to it by now, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean after all the other blockbuster movies that have come through this summer, maybe we've just, you know, become accustomed to it exactly, just numb to it.
0: Yep. Well, Friday will tell the tale, We'll when we actually get to see the film itself.
2: Exactly. And we'll let all y'all know out there what we think of it. And if y'all want to give your reviews as well, just go ahead and uh, email us or Skype us or let us know what you think.
0: Okay, so that's it for uh, that. Let's get on to the news. Let's talk news. You can always get additional info and links to these stories on our website, SuperheroCinema.com. The front page of the site always keeps you updated on the latest info about superhero movies and TV shows from all over the web. So first off, uh, we were just talking about box office and numbers, and uh, you know what, this is probably be our last wrap-up on Spider-Man numbers. I think we pretty much covered it by this point, but the last time we talked, it was three weeks ago, and that was prior to Pirates of the Caribbean 3 coming out. So there was some speculation as to whether uh, Pirates of the Caribbean was going to come out and break a bunch of Spider-Man's records and you know, the records that had just been set three weeks earlier. And uh, the fact is, it didn't. Um, the, the one record that uh, Pirates, well, two records that Pirates broke. One was that it did break Spider-Man's record for the most screens that the film was put on. Uh, it was the largest number ever for the amount of screens. Although so they were trying. They were trying for it. Um, the difference being that when Spider-Man 3 did it, uh, the, the previous record for a number of screens, they set a new record for the number of per screen average that a film made and set numbers for opening weekend, set numbers for everything, uh, set new records for everything. Well, Pirates of the Caribbean, the only record that it set was that it, it was the highest ever for Memorial Day weekend, which, which is pretty good. But uh, it didn't break any of Spider-Man's records at all. Um, Spider-Man Three is still doing great. Um, it's it's done well over uh, 844 million uh, worldwide now. It's the highest grossing of all three Spider-Man films, uh, and it is the highest grossing film from Sony ever. So, they're they're
2: really that's happy kind of surprising to me. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, definitely good for them. I guess that's more incentive for them to want to do a Spider-Man Four, right? Yep, I'd, I'd say that's um, almost a certainty. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised. I mean, considering what we thought of Spider-Man 3 and, you know, the public, or at least um, critics in general, didn't think it was as good as the first two. I wonder why this one did so much better
0: it had just that that humongous opening weekend i mean that really that they really so you know what we were just talking about they spent so much to hype it to to get that opening weekend and it just broke every record out there and there was just the advertising for it was great there was a lot of pent-up demand people really wanted to go and see it and you know it it dropped off quite a bit the following weeks but it still did well enough to you know to keep going and and uh, get to that grand total
1: It'll be interesting to see what direction the Spider-Man franchise takes from here because, I mean, clearly they'll want to make another movie. Um, but the all the principals were saying that they weren't interested in doing another one. So uh, I wonder if they'll they'll go the Batman route and recast, which I think that's probably what they'll end up doing.
0: That's a possibility. I, I think the first step is going to be them throwing some really, really large amounts of money at at the three top people there.
1: Yeah, I'd... Yeah, it's hard to say. I don't. I personally, I don't think Ramey will do it. I think he's done. I'd, I'd
0: kind of like to see that. I'd like to see it take a new creative direction. Start, you know, take a
1: take a different tack on it. And I do remember that uh, before they started filming Spider Man Two, um, Tobey Maguire hurt his back, and they were looking at maybe having to recast him. And they seemed like they were willing to do that. They didn't seem like they felt like. The series revolved around him in particular, per nope. se. No, so. the, the
0: rumor was they, they had Jake Gyllenhaal measured for the suit.
1: And, uh, and especially now that the, the Gyllenhaal family does does recast superhero characters which we're <laughs> about <laughs> to see yep. him Batman, uh, in Batman and the Dark Knight. So I, I don't think they'll try that hard to get Tobey Maguire. I think they'll try, but I don't think they'll, they'll break the bank to do it. And I don't think well, they same. need to.
0: So that's a good transition. Uh, you mentioned The Dark Knight. Uh, that's our next story. Uh, they announced that several scenes uh, for The Dark Knight will be shot in IMAX. Now, this is different from films that have been released in IMAX, like Superman Returns, Spider-Man 3. These films were shot in regular format and then remade into IMAX. They basically are blowing up the existing image to get it into the IMAX larger image. And what they're doing with the Dark Knight is several scenes, including the actual introduction scene of the Joker, and I think there's like some bank robbery scene involved, actually was shot with an IMAX camera, which is a completely different camera. It's a much larger format camera. It's normally only been used for the the you know the, these IMAX specific films nature documentaries, uh, things where they're going underwater, you know things where you know like James James Cameron I think shot one taking the camera down to shoot the Titanic. Uh, it's it's a much larger format, it's a much larger camera, much higher quality image, and uh, just those certain scenes will be shot in IMAX, not the entire film. And so you'll be able to see it that way. When you see it in an IMAX theater, you'll see those scenes in their full. IMAX capability, but even in a regular theater, those scenes should have a certain higher quality to them than than the other scenes in the movie. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, when they made that announcement, they actually put out some pictures of the film to kind of illustrate the, the IMAX. I think it was, they were showing that, that the camera was there in the scene. Um, but what they also showed, I don't know if it was on purpose or inadvertently. I'm pretty sure it was probably on purpose. They, they wouldn't have done this accidentally. It was a bank robbery scene, and they showed two henchmen of the Joker. And you actually can see behind a pane of glass Heath Ledger as the Joker. So it's our first real official image of Heath Ledger as the Joker. It's not clear. It's fuzzy. But you can see behind it clearly he's got the Green hair. He's got the white face, and he's got the red lips and the red face, the, the red smile, and the smile does pretty much go from ear to ear. It's an extremely wide smile. It looks very similar to the picture we had seen a couple weeks ago that you know had never been conclusively established it was a real picture of him, where you saw cuts on the side of his face that almost went ear to ear. Well, that's that's about how wide the smile was. So
1: yeah, and you also he's you can see he's wearing a purple jacket also. That, that picture is on the uh, Internet Movie Database listing for uh, The Dark Knight. So yep. Yeah, it's, it's it, an, an official released out. photo. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so is this going to be 3D IMAX or just 2D flat IMAX?
0: Um, I haven't heard anything about 3D. I know they had done that for Superman Returns. They, they released it in, in – IMAX, you know, the, the normal blow-up process and the special thing they'd done with Superman Returns is they'd done several select scenes in 3D uh, for IMAX, so it was in 3D IMAX I hadn't heard anything about them using the 3D process at all for Batman. Uh, Christopher L- Nolan is the one who actually made the announcement about it and he didn't mention that at all, so I'm inclined to think that, that he's not going for that and I'm, I'm fine with that because I think that's a little bit more gimmicky
1: Yeah, hopefully not. Yeah, I I went to see Superman Returns in the 3D IMAX, and I actually found it distracting because they they didn't do the whole movie. They just did a few scenes, and so you had to – they would flash a little symbol on the screen when it was time to put your 3D glasses on, and I found that kind of distracting and, yeah, gimmicky.
0: Yeah, I purposely didn't see that as the first time I saw it for that reason. I went – I I'd already seen it in a regular theater, a really good regular theater, and then I saw it with a group of people – at, at the 3d and we all had that same kind of reaction they all kind of grumbled that it, it was distracting it it really didn't add to the realism and didn't draw you into the film
2: it was just the opposite it took you out of the film
1: yeah i agree completely and i yeah. did the same thing yep. hopefully well, i kind of like the the, the one LMS.
2: sunset scene which was kind of nice i thought it was it was cool in 3d d It kind of made the colors pop you know which basically the 3d does mm-hmm. but i guess i'm I'm on my own on that. That's all right.
0: <laughs> no, I thought it was. I mean, the scenes that they actually did it with within those scenes itself, it was an amazing effect. I mean, particularly with the 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 plane scene of him, you know, bringing the plane down into the uh, baseball field. You know, it looked great in 3D. It's just from a
2: storytelling standpoint, from your experience of watching a film, it really took you out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. So for this Dark Knight shooting in IMAX, does that mean that? Is it going to be distracting because they're shooting in two different ratios, right? Isn't the aspect ratio we'll have for IMAX different? I
0: mean, when you're seeing it in a regular in a regular theater, it should look the same. It just should look kind of clearer and more detailed. It's it's a higher resolution image. It's, it's a much larger format. So, I mean, when you see it in a regular theater, it'll be brought down to regular film size, but there'll be so much more densely packed into that image that it should just be a richer visual uh, but we'll have to you know we'll have to wait and see next summer to see how it actually looks uh, moving on to uh, some casting news for a couple different things uh, for a couple different projects uh, the incredible hulk uh, which has an all-new cast from from the previous hulk film they've now replaced uh, general thunderbolt ross who had been played by sam elliot in the previous hulk film who i thought was actually one of the better things in the original film one of the one of the things that actually worked that I was kind of hoping that they did carry him over he's been replaced by William Hurt
1: which I'm having a hard time envisioning myself but I've said that about casting decisions before and been proven wrong. Yeah, I so, mean, uh, you
0: know, he's a good actor, so so we'll see. I mean, he's he's normally a little bit I mean, his parts he he usually plays subdued. That's kind of his stock and trade is is people characters with more reserved emotions with with a more of an interior than an exterior kind of demeanor and and Thunderbolt Ross is is the complete 180 degree opposite of that. So
1: Yeah, but that might be nice. I mean, I think it'd be pretty easy to give it to to somebody who would be tempted to play it like Jonah Jameson, you know, play him as just this shouting, blustering which Which Sam cartoon. Elliott
0: did. I mean, Sam Elliott was like dead on. I mean, he played it very much too type. He he played it, you know, exactly the stereotypical Thunderbolt Ross, which, you know, I thought worked. But yeah, I mean, I could see what you're saying there. That it'd be good to have a better interpretation.
1: Yeah, or just a different one, maybe, you know, something. So, you know, it, whatever they do, as long as it fits the story that they're telling, it should, I think it'll be fine.
0: And in uh, Marvel's other uh, big project that they're working on right now, Iron Man, uh, it was announced on um, John Favaro's blog. Uh, He was asked what the rating was going to be, and they are shooting for a PG-13, which is a good sign. That's that's the rating in between uh, kind of PG for younger people and – uh, R rating for much more mature, you know, things that you wouldn't normally, you know, get in a, in a film trying to reach a wider audience. So PG thirteen is kind of a good middle ground there. It shows that they're gonna, they're you know, not gonna tone it down for kids, um, but it's not, you know, they're not gonna exclude kids either. So,
2: so it'll have violence, some... but not gory, some language along those lines, I guess.
1: Yeah, exactly. It'll be a little bit edgier. So yeah. far, I'm just, I'm, I'm really, really impressed by everything I'm hearing from Marvel's first two. Uh, uh, forays into film it really just seems like they're i mean they're attracting really major talent they're making a lot of really good decisions i mean they seem to be making films a hell of a lot better than they've made comics for the last 10 years or so <laughs> i uh, uh yes, civil
2: war I've, notwithstanding but
1: yeah
0: i've just been so impressed till i get brian bendis to start writing the script so the entire film is 90 minutes of talking
1: Ninety minutes of people sitting around <laughs> talking yeah uh, but yeah, I've just been. I'm. I i can not wait to see both of these because it just seems like they're. so far, it seems like they're doing everything right, and they have. I haven't really heard any, anything for, about either of these films that I thought. Oh no, you know, it just seems like everything they're doing. It, it seems like they obviously they understand their characters and and they're, uh, they're making all the right decisions.
0: Yeah, really, my biggest problem with both films is that we still have to wait a whole year to see them.
1: Exactly, and that's a good problem.
0: So uh, moving on to television, uh, your favorite series, <laughs> Jefferson, Smallville.
1: Smallville doing once again what I've been criticizing it for doing for the last couple of years. Right, adding saving new the characters. show. yeah.
0: Rescuing the show by adding new characters. Um, that's what they're going to be doing for next year. They will be introducing Supergirl, it was announced. Um, the character will be pretty identical to to the classic supergirl to the classic supergirl story uh she will be his cousin who was sent to earth from uh, krypton uh, prior to his uh departure um but as opposed to him who was sent as a baby and arrived as a baby she will have been sent uh and will have been put in suspended animation but she will have been growing during that time so that she'll come out and actually be a teenager so so she'll be she'll she'll actually be older than him for re- really but but in terms of actual age you know she will be younger so she'll be kind of more of a teeny bopper to his kind of college age so uh, he'll be the older cousin
1: sure the point of it'll be that she'll be she won't have grown up on earth so she'll have more of like a culture shock thing you know, there'll be I'm sure lots of hilarity with her being introduced to common earth teenager things that she just won't be aware of so they'll be able to do the fish out of water kind of stories right she'll be
0: very immediately attracted to cell phones and video games and blogging and stuff Well like who that. wouldn't be I mean, yeah, come I'm on sure.
1: Wish I was a teenager now, yeah. According to the little blurb that I read, she will be able to fly, which Clark can't do yet.
0: Yes, I believe they they quoted the line as as her response to why she's able to fly immediately, and Clark still hasn't figured that out, is that girls
2: mature quicker than guys. (laughs) (laughs) Some things don't change.
0: They have not cast the role yet. Um, They should be doing that uh, any day now, and uh, they are expecting to be able to debut that at Comic-Con to actually be able to probably have whoever is cast as a Supergirl be with the the cast and and, uh, the writers and stuff at Comic-Con next month and we actually should you know that'll be a big month for us i mean that's there are so many announcements at comic-con you know pretty much all the films that we talk about will have people there we'll have the cast there uh we'll have you know we'll have released their posters or
2: new trailers or show actual footage so uh come july we're gonna have a lot to talk about
1: yeah we will have a lot to talk about
2: and if anybody wants to sponsor superhero cinema going (laughs) comic-con send your money to uh attention michael and jefferson jonathan
1: it's uh it's not that long of a drive for me yeah
2: that's. True, you're closer than us. Uh,
1: it doesn't um, mean I'm going, mind you. But
2: <laughs> so
0: other stuff uh, relating to that announcement um, is uh, one of the producers of Smallville was saying that they are going to want to try to get Helen Slater, who played Supergirl in the 1984 movie, in some kind of cameo role. Uh, though they, he didn't know what part she might be playing or how long she might be there, but but that she'd probably appear in at least one episode.
1: Not sure. They've got to continue that tradition. They had Reeve and uh, Margot Kidder. They got to have Helen Slater too.
0: And uh, he also mentioned that uh, the character Bizarro is not going to be going away. He will not uh, be like Zod last season, where he, you know, basically was defeated and went away in the in the first episode of the season. Bizarro will be there, you know, throughout the season.
1: Yeah, because what Smallville needs is more new characters. More
0: <laughs> of them. <laughs> well, it does need a recurring bad guy. I mean, I mean, you've got Lex yeah. Luthor, and Lex Luthor is is now turning pretty damn evil. But uh, but,
1: but but his storyline. But for he's also been there been, the whole so time. Tedious. Yeah. Yeah, they'll. Uh, and then they've they've uh, i'm not going to get into this too much again but they've they've really kind of played out Lex Luthor they do they, in a way they do kind of need somebody new to Well
0: they've talk played about. out Lex and Lana. Uh-huh. <laughs> I I think Lex still has some room to grow. He he still has more evil depths to plumb.
1: Yeah, maybe so. It seems like they, to me that they've really kind of played out the uh the my father didn't love me enough and that's why I'm evil <laughs> thing. <laughs> i'm not sure how much farther i'm not sure how much more of a reason they can give us for why lex is evil it seems like they've kind of covered and they've they've set him very firmly down the path to being the character that he is as an adult in the comic books i'm just not sure what where else there is to go true
2: yeah i mean
0: they pretty much now establish that he's there he is that
2: person Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Supergirl's there now, right? Can't he corrupt her, try to turn her towards uh, working for him or something? There.
1: Yeah, they've done it in the comics, so uh, yeah, why not?
0: so moving on uh, to some more casting information uh, the, the announcement that actually came out that I saw was that Scott Porter who is an actor on the TV series Friday Night Lights uh, had been cast in the movie of Speed Racer which we've been talking about the casting on that and, and the production on that is going to start soon um, he will be cast playing a younger version of uh, Speed Racer's brother his older brother Rex Racer uh, basically in a flashback he'll, he'll be playing young Rex uh, now in that announcement they talked about who was playing older Rex which I had not actually seen I'd I'd kind of missed the announcement of that Uh, Matthew Fox from Lost will be playing Rex Racer and if you know Speed Racer lore you know that Rex Racer Speed's older brother is in fact Racer X
1: and this is he's there have been a few other actors attached to this role oh yeah Yep. But I guess not attached firmly enough.
0: Yeah, for a long time, even before the project seemed to even be a reality, before they had a director, writer, any other actor, before they had a speed racer, uh, the big thing of that was that Vince Vaughn had been considered for a long time for the role of Racer X. Obviously, that didn't come about.
1: I'm sure Matthew Fox will be good in the part. It'll probably be a little bit better than Vince Vaughn because Vince Vaughn always plays Vince Vaughn. Well, I mean
0: the thing that's interesting for me is that that Racer X is the only character in Speed Racer that I'm actually interested in because he actually was cool. I mean he had the black mask. I mean he, he basically was a superhero within the Speed Racer universe. I mean Racer X actually being in the show is about the only reason why I'm even wanting to cover this in the first place. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think uh, it might be a nice change of pace for Matthew Fox too because his character on Lost is so – angry and miserable all the time it'll be nice to get see him get to do something a little bit right more, more of
0: more of an action role more of a mm-hmm. uh stand-up more heroic character
1: he might get to smile yeah something or
0: fun to play more casting uh this time for heroes um they actually are going to start shooting season two next week already believe it or not uh they they They'd been working on the scripts, you know, well before the season even ended, and uh, season two is already about to start shooting, and uh, there are going to be a whole bunch of new heroes. They've they've started talking about some of the casting notices about what the character types are. The roles are probably cast. Um, yeah you know, I'm, I'm kind of more inclined to wait till <laughs> till we actually get closer to the show to start talking about that. but uh, the one uh, announcement they've actually made of casting is the actress Dania Ramirez, who will be recognizable to our listeners as Callisto from the movie X3. Uh, she's been cast as a character called Maya in Heroes. and uh, they, they haven't even really talked about what Maya's powers are, but uh, she will be a new character in season two.
1: And have we heard anything about which uh, characters from season one will be returning? Are we assuming all of them?
0: Uh, as far as I know, at this point, it, pretty much almost everyone's returning. You know, I hadn't heard anything about anyone not returning. It, definitely, most of the most of the people you would expect have all definitely been signed. Right.
1: Can't, can't wait. Yeah, they will the,
2: stay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I can't wait to see how the Petrelli brothers will have survived their... Yeah, both Petrelli explosive. brothers are
2: definitely there next season. Okay. Good. They survive via flashback, maybe.
0: And moving on to some uh, announced projects, things that people are working on, things that are in development, and, and we've talked about this before, what that means. you know, In development just means that someone has paid for the rights for something, uh, they're basically brought in a, a writer to start working on scripts. That process could take years, that could go through multiple writers, it could go through multiple directors, uh, the only constant will be a producer and, and, and a studio, and, and they'll be on it for years at a time, uh, but some of these projects have been coming out as, as big announcements, And uh, time will tell whether they're actually come to fruition or not. Uh, first one up is uh, the Teen Titans has been announced as a movie from Warner Brothers uh, that is in development. Uh, one thing that was mentioned is that uh, Nightwing would be involved. There wouldn't be Robin, which makes sense because I'm sure the, the Robin character is kind of tied up elsewhere in other Batman projects so they can't actually use it for a movie. So uh, if if this film does come about and, and the Robin character is involved, it will be the Nightwing version, which is kind of cool because that's, that's my preferable version.
1: And I'm sure they'll be wanting for a feature for a live action feature film. They'll be wanting a, they won't be wanting them to be little kids. They'll be wanting the characters to be teenagers and adults. So they're probably looking more at the Marv Wolfman and George Perez era of the comic for material, I would imagine. Yep,
0: and it'll be interesting to see. I know they're doing the animated uh, film version of that, the direct DVD film that is based on the Wolfman Perez version of the Titan. So it'll be, it'll be kind of curious to see how well that succeeds and how well that those characters and that kind of storyline translates I mean that's because they did it in the the anime kind of version of Teen Titans they were using the the Perez Wolfman kind of storylines and those characters but in such a cartoony fashion Uh, it'll be interesting to see you know it'll be interesting to see it played more straight the one thing that's kind of hopeful is the person who is writing the script on it at the moment uh, at least the initial version is Mark Verheiden uh, who will be familiar from uh, he was he was an executive producer on Smallville he was an executive producer on balistar galactica um, he's also a longtime comic book writer he's he's written superman uh, he, he's written you know a lot of comic books over the years so uh it definitely has the pedigree of, of someone working on it who who can take the material seriously
1: sure what what could be interesting about this is um with movies based on uh comic book characters we almost always get the origin because for whatever reason the filmmakers feel like they need to explain the character to the audience. And also we get that because in, in the films, as opposed to in the comics, each character seems to sort of exist in their own universe, independent of of the other. So, you know, we don't have any concrete evidence that the film version of Superman lives in the same world as the film version of Batman, for example. But the Teen Titans are all characters who only really exist in relation to other DC characters. They're all former sidekicks. Well, so, so
0: <laughs> the how, original how Teen you... Titans were, but not yeah. the Wolfman Perez Titans. They mixed Sidekicks with new sure. characters. Sure. And like in the animated series, they managed to pretty much do only the new characters without tying to existing stuff. Really, Robin was the only holdover of a sidekick. Well,
1: they, they brought some in I mean, they brought right. Speedy in later sure. on in this animated series. But none
0: of the core characters. The core right, characters were, were the Wolfman Perez invented characters so they could do the same thing for the movie they could have nightwing and never have nightwing be mentioned as a
1: relation to batman sure or they could allude to it right
0: yeah they could kind of have it subtly referred to
1: without directly saying batman and then that to me is more interesting anyway i think that would be neat to do maybe nightwing and and uh speedy and and just allude to batman and green arrow without making it overt i think that would be more interesting and you'll allude to some kind of relationship that went south or something that, that would be my
0: guess that it would be nightwing and kind of the the invented characters the newly created characters from the new titan series of the 80s the interesting thing about that would be i wonder if it's complicated by smallville's use of cyborg because he was one of those characters
1: i would imagine not because i mean smallville has use of all the superman characters yet there was no problem with making the superman the new superman feature film true
0: but yeah, so I, I'm just wondering if, they, if their use of that character kind of tied that character up for future uses for at least a certain period of time.
1: That could be. Because that has happened before. Possible. That's mm-hmm.
0: why Robin didn't appear on The Batman until the Teen Titans series ended.
1: Sure, And it's also why the Joker uh, didn't appear on, in any of the later seasons of the Justice League animated. Well, intriguing idea nonetheless. Can't wait to see it get past the we're thinking about it stage.
0: So another one that's barely even in the development stage. This is one that all it is is an announcement that the rights... Have been renewed. That 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 the partnership for who actually might make the film, who has the option to make the film, is continuing. And that's uh, GI Joe, uh, the property. Uh, Hasbro, which owns GI Joe as 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 it owns the Transformers, um, has had a long-term deal with Paramount for Paramount to make a feature film of GI Joe. Doesn't mean they're actually going to do it. It just means if a feature film of GI Joe gets made, Paramount will be who does it. Uh, that that license had set to expire, and they've renewed that. Um the producer on that stays the same uh it was the per- same person uh, Le- Leonardo De Bonaventura who is the producer on the Transformers film will also be the you know would also be the producer on the GI Joe film if it happens.
1: It's going to happen and I'll tell you why. Because uh, the Transformers is going to have a huge opening weekend. They're marketing the hell out of it. All the stuff they've shown looks great. People are going to want to go see it. Their exact target money-spending audience are people who grew up playing with Transformers toys. So Transformers is going to have a huge opening weekend. There's no question about that. And then the the movie guys are going to look at that and go, well, this movie based on 80s toys made a ton of money. Let's make another movie based on 80s toys. And they'll look, oh, wait, we already have G.I. Joe. Let's just get that done.
0: I, I agree that that will be the determining factor, that the success of Transformers will be what causes this project to either move forward or to stall out.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think it'll, it'll move forward. Whether or not it'll be any good is yeah, sure. <laughs> very, very open to debate. I think the uh, the G.I. Joe concept is a little bit not, not really as interesting as the Transformers concept.
0: Yeah, I don't know that it actually – is that good of a possibility for a movie? Yeah.
1: I don't know if there's an interesting story to be told there. I think you know Transformers. I'm, I'm. I think I've said before on the show too. I, I was never particularly a fan. I never had the toys or played with the or watched the show, the animated show, or any of that. But the movie looks neat, and it, it's it's an, From what I can glean from watching the trailers, it's an intriguing story. Whereas GI Joe is basically just a bunch of paramilitary guys who fight this other group of paramilitary guys it just doesn't seem like there's anything any possibility for interesting drama there
0: and just like uh speed racer my only interest in it is uh the character snake eyes in there who who was an actual masked character he was kind of a uh vietnam vet turned uh ninja who uh wore an all black costume and never spoke and so he he, he was kind of cool but uh him not being there it's not even a story we're talking about to me <laughs>
2: Yeah, they have lots of good characters in G.I. Joe, and it's one that I grew up with, and I s- probably still got all my G.I. Joe toys buried in a closet somewhere. And I think there's some good possibilities for drama there. It just depends on, you know, if this, this is one of those types of stories that gets updated for today, you know, or whether they still set it in that kind of, you know, post Cold War era or right about the end of that and that whole. Trying to keep keep the world safe type stuff, you know, and that the concept of that has changed. So,
1: sure, you know, yeah. I think
2: GI Joe has some possibilities with that concept. We'll just see, you know, what type of. Uh, treatments they get for it that's true
0: I, I can kind of see that uh what you're saying there in the context of that you could do a gi joe for today which would be of course you know gi joe fighting terrorists sure and, right uh, the, the definitely what they would best. be some interest in that Yeah, i i could see i could see that as a uh kind of post-modern post 9-11 you know action adventure paramilitary group right
2: yeah so but with... of course they've got to have snake eyes i mean no doubt yeah. he was the coolest yeah
0: no snake eyes you don't got my well, I
1: mean, and if, if you look at it, though, I mean, look at it from a, a Hollywood writer's point of view. They're going to seize on the characters that that stand out the most. And Snake Eyes is going to be the big standout. And I remember, you know, I was more into G.I. Joe than I was into Transformers. I remember Snake Eyes being the really popular. He was like sort of the Boba Fett of G.I. Joe. He was the, <laughs> the character that you didn't hear very much about. And he wasn't in the comic or the show a lot. And so that intrigued people and they wanted to know more about him. And so I think he would definitely be a character that that any writer sitting down to write a, a Hollywood screenplay of GI Joe would would gravitate towards pretty much immediately. So I don't think there's any danger of him not being in a in a GI Joe film if it happens.
2: I think it'd be kind of cool if they focus more on the villains because I thought. Cobra the bad guys are even more interesting you've got Destro and you've got you know the the twins and you've got Cobra Commander I mean I think you've got more yeah, they had more colorful defined personalities exactly Yeah. so I mean you know they it's they've got some good possibilities here so but yeah apparently it's not even any sort of beginning stage right yeah.
0: as long as it I, doesn't mean the return of Sergeant Slaughter
2: to prominence <laughs> in American life I'm okay with it hey he had a good part in the G.I. Joe animated movie my friend <laughs> <laughs> so speaking
0: of uh, Transformers and those characters and then the return of the 80s, uh, the Transformers has been moved up by one day. Uh, it was moved up from July 4th to, to July 3rd. Um, I believe it was to get it an extra jump on a day uh, prior to the films coming out the week after it.
1: And that'll be interesting, because if I recall, July 4th is a Wednesday this year, so that would give it a Tuesday opening, which is pretty uncommon. That's not a common day for a a film to open. They usually open on either Wednesdays or Fridays.
2: Well, I think that was due to uh, just, he, you know, uh, Michael Bay wants to get more people to see the movie, and he figures, hey, some people might be already taking that day off or taking a half day. Give them something to do that Tuesday night, you know, go pack into the
1: theaters. Probably not a bad idea.
2: And on the continuing, uh, how to
0: describe it, uh, decimation of my childhood, exploitation, yeah, um, exploitation of exploitation the eighties. Um, since since uh, you've got GI Joe and the Transformers, well, can the Thundercats be far behind? Let's hope so. <laughs> Warner Brothers is developing the Thundercats. Oh man, <laughs> again. You know, It's in development, which means it may or may not ever happen, may or may not ever come together. Um, at the moment, they've given the project to an untested screenwriter, uh, Paul Saposi. Um, I'm not sure where he came from, but uh, he's the one working on the script right now. And uh, we'll just have to see where that goes. Uh, Thundercats, ho! And then another development deal... Uh, well, Disney is in a first look deal with Stan Lee's POW Entertainment. Uh, for people who don't know what a first look do- deal is, is it means that the studio has the option on anything that that producer, that, that uh, production company comes up with first. It, it's, it's a right of first refusal. It means that uh, production company or producer, any ideas that they come up with, any projects that they might have, this studio gets the option to decide to do it first. And, you know, they, they can't go to anyone else without this company saying yes or no so uh, it doesn't mean that they're going to commit in any way to doing any projects that they come up with it just means that any projects they come up with will be disney projects first um, unless disney turns them down and then they'll have the option to take them to someone else Um, uh, stanley's pow entertainment has been producing stuff Uh, they've had a couple live action uh, tv movies pilots Uh, they've done a bunch of direct to dvd animated films in the last year None of them have been real great so far, so we'll have to just see what what uh, results from this deal, if anything.
1: Yeah, to be honest. Stan Lee really hasn't created anything interesting since about 1964.
0: <laughs> so I don't know this about that,
1: this, but... this development deal doesn't exactly it's it's not exactly thrilling one way or the other.
0: Hey, we've got the wonderful Who Wants to Be a Superhero.
1: I I, I repeat, <laughs> <laughs> Stanley hasn't created anything interesting. <laughs> Since 1964
0: or so. Got uh, at least one animated project that uh, starred Wilmer Vildorama as as a uh, Mexican superhero.
1: You continue to prove my point. <laughs> uh,
0: we had, um, shoot, what was the live action one that was direct to, to sci fi? I, I, mean, I know I'm increasingly proving your point. <laughs> Starred Sean Connery's just, son, Jason Connery, uh, as a super speed uh, s- secret agent.
1: Wow. I must Lightspeed, one. I believe
0: it was called. Yep, it was called Lightspeed.
1: Keep him coming. <laughs> what else have you
2: got, okay? moving on uh, <laughs> well, it's the, not like Disney's really you know banking their success on this no, I mean, no. he can afford to.
0: they just uh they're they're basically taking a bet to say, okay, you know he might come up with something good if he if the company does come up with a good idea, we want to have the first shot at it we want we want to be the first to get to say no to it. <laughs> Well, uh, next on the list after that, uh, once you've gone through all the actual comics properties, once you've gone through all the Marvel and DC and all of those are tied up at various studios, and you've gone through all the uh, development deals that you can make with any comic book creators who might have any good ideas, well, then you start going after the role-playing games.
1: That's right.
0: The role-playing video game City of Heroes is being developed for a feature film property.
1: Which is... Somebody wasting a whole lot of money. This 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 will fail. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little bit opinionated here. But...
2: Are you are you calling it now?
1: Well, yeah, I am. I'm calling it. It's it's. You know, I haven't played the game, so yeah, I don't really play games like that. So um, I don't know if uh, if the storyline in the game is any good or not. But I just don't think a, a movie about uh, superhero characters that nobody's ever heard of before has got much of a chance. You know, I might be wrong, but and the char- the characters that i have seen that are in the game are pretty sort of basic and pretty silly for the most part characters so i i certainly don't have high hopes for this one but but i've been wrong before i don't know
2: um, yeah well video game movies don't, doesn't seem like the yeah, uh, there there's not a good, very bets. good track record yeah
1: <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. I, I and i could I, I know i sound a little cynical i could be totally wrong <laughs> you? about this no. i mean uh, if um if five years ago you had told me that a movie based on a, a Disneyland ride would be a multi-billion-dollar franchise. That's I would true. Have said, You're, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever
0: heard. Yeah, I remember when they were announcing that and, and yeah, I knew that it was being based on the ride. And, and I was just like, OK, well, that's destined to fail. And actually all the pundits, all the reviews and all the critics in, in advance were talking about that that was a destined to fail project. Well, who sure. knew?
1: And, and look what happened there. That, that there's Pirates of the Caribbean. So, hey, maybe I'm wrong. Let me let me back off a little bit and say uh, – well. This this doesn't sound like a great idea to me but who knows i've i've been surprised before
0: and our last news item is uh, the direct-to-DVD film Superman vs. Doomsday will have its premiere at Comic-Con. They will actually be showing the entire film to the audience there. So we'll be able to get some news about how well that is and start getting the first reviews of it. That's about a month before it actually gets released to the public. One so, more
1: reason to drive down for Comic-Con. you <laughs> have to start looking at
0: that. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to be able to go this year. I'd, I, I've always wanted to go. I'd, I'd love to be able to go in some future year. It uh, won't be this year. I am going to go to Dragon Con this year. Uh, so that'll be exciting. Uh, it's it's less media oriented. You do, you do get a lot of actors, but you don't get studios actually bringing whole casts of movies and making announcements and, and talking about new projects at Dragon Con. Dragon Con's more about being in person and, and actually meeting the actors and, and uh, not so much about big glitzy media event that, that Comic Con is.
2: I wish I could go to Comic Con. That sounds awesome. Big yeah. media yeah. blitzes,
0: yeah. freebies. No, I absolutely Shoot. want to go to it some year in the future
1: yeah, i'm gonna I'm gonna go yeah. one of these years. I, I tell myself that every year. next year, maybe I'll go. I do want to go sometime. And now that I live much closer, maybe i'll uh, I'll start running out of excuses not to go.
0: Everyone go right to the uh, SuperheroCinema.com site right now and buy something off of Amazon and send us to Comic-Con.
1: There we go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you profusely. Well, that's it for our news this week, but keep checking it out at that site, SuperheroCinema.com, every day. Now let's get on the rumor treadmill, where stories hop on and off pretty quickly. <laughs> Well, we don't have much on rumors this week. Um, Just a couple items. Uh, We talked a couple weeks ago on the Mandrake project, uh, which is not being called Mandrake the Magician, but just being called Mandrake. Uh, Chris Angel, the uh, magician who stars in Chris Angel Mind Freak on cable, um, has uh, been interviewed saying that he's going to be part of that film. Uh, He definitely will be the magical consultant on it, the the, uh, consultant for the actual magic used on the movie to try to make it look more real on film. But uh, according to him, he's actually in the film as well. He didn't come right out and say that he was playing Mandrake. Um, He just said that he would be acting in film. He never referred to actually who he would be playing, so uh, we'll, we'll just have to see. You know how how much truth is that, or or is that some misdirection on his part?
1: <laughs> could be. It could be. Could be evidence of a trick elsewhere.
0: Um, our ongoing uh, rumors about Watchmen, since they're not making any actual announcements. uh Zach Snyder, the director of Watchmen, has uh, said he still wants Gerard Butler for Watchmen. Uh, I'm not sure how they're going to work that out. It's it's a scheduling issue, I'm sure. Um, but uh, he he's not discounted the possibility of him being in the film. He'd really like to see him there.
1: So Snyder just needs to go talk to Robert Rodriguez and finds out, find out how he does it, how he manages to get, get in <laughs> gigantic casts of major stars.
2: Yeah, he maybe really just needs time. to film The Watchmen in like three weeks or something. That's how he can do it, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Well, you would think they, that they might be shooting large
0: portions of it in front of green screen. I mean, that's how Rodriguez does it. He, he doesn't sure. have sets. He yeah. he has like a soundstage in, in Austin that is basically one big green screen, shoots the entire film in front of it uh, with the actors in front of the green screen and just puts in everything else later. Yeah, that uh, makes scheduling a little bit easier. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, one little other bit of Watchmen news. Um, Still no actual casting announcements, but uh, uh, yet another in the long line of stories that involved an actor being asked about Watchmen and them saying they were interested in it is uh, John Cusack, uh, while being interviewed this week for his upcoming Stephen King film, uh, 1408. Um, He said that he's aware of Watchman, he's a, he's a big fan of the book. Um, they asked him you know, what character. I, I, I thought it was interesting because he, you know, he, he made a point of saying how big a fan of it he was. And then when they actually asked him about the characters, uh, about Night Owl, he said, oh, yeah, Night Owl and the Warshack guy, too. Yeah, I'd, I'd be into both of them and, and just actually didn't know anything about the story itself. Um, they, they asked him about the film, and he said, oh, I actually haven't, I haven't talked to Zack Snyder. I haven't seen a script. I don't know anything about the film. But I'm a really big fan of the book.
1: Well, uh, let's 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 I'm gonna defend uh Mr. Cusack for just a minute here. Let's remember that <laughs> I'm a huge fan of John Cusack, by the yeah, way. Yeah, so am I. And uh people like us and people like probably the majority of our, our listeners, when we say we're a big fan of something, it's a little different than when your average guy on the street says they're a big fan of something. There are degrees of big fanness. And uh, somebody like John Cusack, who's an actor who has other things to do with this time, him being a big fan of Watchmen probably just means that he read it and liked it. And he probably read it 20 years ago when it came out. It's not necessarily, you know, when I say I'm a big fan of something, that means I've studied it in minute detail and I know everything about it because I have that obsessive fan thing about me so uh so in his mind he probably is a big fan of the watchman but it just doesn't mean the same thing to him as it does to us
0: i guess you're probably right i'm a big fan of the internal combustion engine but can't tell
1: you how it works exactly my point point. and uh, i you know when i when i read this one on the show notes I, it actually really upset me and the reason is because i think john cusack would be perfect for night owl to the point, and i never thought of him before but i think he'd be the perfect actor to play niall to, to play that sort of you know he has to be a kind of a dork, but we still need to be able to take him seriously as a dramatic character. And I think he's really good at doing stuff like that. I think he'd be great. Which means I'm going to be really upset if he doesn't. Play <laughs> now, now that Night you've got the idea
0: implanted <laughs> in your mind, now that you've actually got that image, you, yeah, exactly. You, to, to not I'm get so, it is going to be a huge disappointment.
1: Yeah, who anyone besides him who plays Night Owl now is going to disappoint me, and it's and that upsets me. I didn't want to have that. It, so far, that's the only actor that i've been able to attach to a character in the watchman that completely I, I think he'd be perfect and i'm going to be upset if he doesn't get to do it
2: well i think what he needs to do is he needs to go to Zack snyder's house stand outside his window with in the, the rain, radio with the radio boombox playing exactly
1: <laughs> let me in yeah and he should probably read The Watchmen again just to brush up a little bit. Right, that would help. So he knows what character he's auditioning. For.
0: Here's the question: What song should be playing on the boombox?
1: Well, that's a good question. There are so many say, songs referenced in the in the comic that I, it's been a while since I read The Watchmen, even though I am a big fan.
2: Yeah, uh, I, but it's I know the you, end of the world as we know it by <laughs> REM. Perhaps <laughs> that would be a little good. bit too
1: cheery. Yeah, that would be a good. One.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like that.
0: That's going to wrap it up for this week. If you haven't already, click on the subscribe link on our website to subscribe to the podcast or find us on iTunes by searching for Superhero Cinema. If you are subscribed on iTunes and you like the show, help promote it by writing a review of the show. It helps the show grow by getting us on the front page of iTunes. If you have any news stories, suggestions for what you'd like us to talk about, or any comments on the show, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at podcast at superherocinema.com. You can even leave us a voicemail on Skype. Our Skype name is Superhero Cinema. Thank you, Jefferson and Jonathan.
1: Thank you, Michael.
0: And thank you, Michael. And thank you once again to our listeners for joining us. We hope you keep showing up for superhero cinema. We're saving the world one fan at a time. Pa-dum, 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 pa-dum.
2: News, news, we got news.